0: hey there and welcome to the two mom life podcast a show for moms like us balancing it all and ready to live an inspired and full life everybody welcome i'm your host jody fried mom of four jewish community professional and mother's empowerment coach motherhood is a journey and on this podcast inspired by jewish thought you will learn from other moms receive practical advice and loads of inspiration. Motherhood is messy and certainly not perfect. So here to Mom Life, to finding your way to finding perfect moments. Here is to you. Hey there, welcome to the Two Mom Life podcast. I'm thrilled and so grateful to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited about today's conversation. We are airing an episode of Wednesday Wisdom, a series that I run in my Facebook group um, on anxiety, managing your anxiety and helping your children through theirs. And in the episode, I speak with Dr. Leah Katz, who's a psychologist, and she offers some really, really key insights into, how to approach anxiety and how to coach ourselves and our children through it. And um, I've been hearing from so many people, moms and people without kids at home about the anxiety that they're feeling on a day-to-day level right now. And there are so many reasons why anxiety is peaking, so many great reasons. And that is also why I really wanted to air this conversation now, because it's so relevant. And sometimes just having the tools or a little bit of guidance to help point us in the right direction can make the biggest difference. So please enjoy this conversation. Please take from it whatever you can. And I hope that it's helpful to you. If you love the episode, go ahead and re- write us a review on iTunes. We love hearing your feedback. We love to hear from you and to build our community. So thank you again for tuning in and enjoy the episode. I'm so lucky to be here with Leia. So Leia and I have been friends for a few years now and You know, recently our professional journeys kind of have been colliding more and more. And um, it's just wonderful to be able to bring her in here um, because her expertise is so relevant to us, especially us Jewish moms um, today. I love to bring people together. And the reason that I put on this series is to help us moms make that motherhood journey just a little bit easier because it's hard. It's beautiful and, you know, so rewarding and it can be really difficult. So whatever we can do, wherever we can get support, there's no shame whatsoever in getting support, getting the support we need. And so that is why I love um, this series and I learn just alongside all of you. So thanks for tuning in. Dr. Leah Katz, who is speaking with me today about managing your own anxiety and helping your kids through theirs is a psychologist she works primarily with adolescents so teens and adults and she just has a lot of expertise in this area to help us um, manage and i think there's so many factors at play um, in the world today you know in the midst of the pandemic right we're still in the midst of this crazy pandemic which has been wreaking havoc on everybody for months now like months i don't know sometimes if i'm going crazy or not <laughs> how do i even tell but aside from that there's also you know it's elo it's the month of elo where Hashanah is coming up there's so much preparation there's it's like a very stressful time in the jewish calendar as wonderful as it is you know we're atoning we're you know, just going through all of this. So Leia, thank you for joining me. I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute to introduce yourselves, let everybody know who you are, and and then we'll dive in.
1: Great. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Jodi, for having me here. I'm so excited to talk with you on this format, and I love everything that you're doing with thank your Jewish Mama mashup and, and all, you know, it's just, it's been amazing. And um, so I'm honored to be here. Thank you. And a little bit about myself. I'm a clinical psychologist, like you mentioned. Um, I'm from New York originally. We moved to Portland, Oregon six years ago to be closer to my husband's family. Um, and I've been working in clinical practice for, for many years now. Um, it's hard to believe time flies, but in New York I was working at a group practice and I'm working at a group practice here where I work mostly with teenage girls and women. Um, so that's kind of been my specialty and I work with a lot of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, it's something you know that is, I think has always been very present Anxiety is the number one most diagnosed mental health issue. And now with COVID, it's exponentially more. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this and I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Tell me a
0: little bit, what are the pieces? How does one identify anxiety, right? Just speak into a little bit, like what's the difference between say clinical anxiety, like a clinical diagnosis and just being anxious and how do they manifest in your patients, in your experience speak a little bit into that
1: yeah no thank you for the question i think it's such an important thing to differentiate between what it is that we're talking about when we use the word anxiety because it gets thrown around a lot and it can mean a lot of different things and so i think it is really important to kind of to give more information about what we're talking about when we use that word so anxiety generally is a part of life right it's a feeling you know feeling anxious is just a feeling just like any other feeling and what that feeling is is it's our body and our minds letting us know that there is some threat there's something that we're perceiving in one of our senses as a threat and our body releases hormones and goes into a reactive state to prepare for that threat Oftentimes when we talk about anxiety, it's like, it's adaptive. It's our body's adaptive response in preparing itself for a threat. And that works well when there's an actual threat. Clinical anxiety is when it crosses the line over from actual danger and something that we really need to gear ourselves up for to something that's more of like a false alarm. So our, our brain is telling us, uh-oh, alert, alert, something, something bad's going to happen. Something scary is happening. And then our body goes into that response where we're releasing stress hormones and there's lots of shifts in our body, you know, um, body temperature changes, breathing, breathing changes, um, metabolism, digestive changes, but there's no real threat, right? So it's a false alarm because of that. Um, And that's where we enter in the domain of clinical anxiety when we have this reaction to something that's not actually there and it's disruptive to our life in some way. It is an important thing I think to separate between because We've all got some anxiety and that's okay like that's actually that helps us survive <laughs> um but then it gets clinical when it becomes disruptive and heavy and weighty interesting so what do you advise like i think again i'll speak
0: for myself like i find myself much more so now than ever feeling that alert kind of like a. it's almost like a red flashing light that i can see in my mind like you know and it's just you know it's happening more frequently thank god i don't have clinical anxiety by any means, but I can only imagine that for people that do, it's like way exacerbated. Um, and what are some of the what are some of the like key things to remember, or maybe exercises to take ourselves through, or ways to help us adjust um, when we start to feel anxious? And what can we be doing? to manage our anxiety like on a day-to-day level when it's not like at a clinical level.
1: And so that's also a really, really good question. And something that I I like to say a lot in the therapy work that I do, but also just in life, is it all starts with awareness, right? So if we could take that piece of increasing our own self-awareness, tapping into what's happening for us, to us in, in each moment that we have, we can do something with it. So it's surprising how, how many of us, and I know I I've been there and maybe you've been there and probably people listening can relate to this where we're anxious and it's like, no, we're talking now, not about clinical anxiety, but we're just, we're anxious and we don't even know it. And then maybe we catch it like much later. Like my body's feeling really tense. My shoulders are hurting me. My jaw is so tight. You know, like I, I've been anxious all this time and I didn't even realize it. So if we could rewind A little bit and press pause and learn to create more of this awareness of like what's happening to me right now that piece can be so very powerful so if we can slow down and learn to say oh wow like my chest is tight right now then we can do something about it right and like that was kind of what your initial question was i think but i think like before we even answer that it's like knowing that it's it's happening or my thoughts are like really spinning right now like predicting you know a lot of future scenarios that i have no idea what's going to happen or i'm going down catastrophic lanes of imagining worst case scenarios happening um, if we can even formally check in with ourselves like three times a day like in 10 seconds right where are my thoughts and where what feelings am i having right now what emotions am i having right now we can do something with it okay and yeah what i'm hearing
0: is that sometimes we don't even realize that we're anxious you know our bodies our body tensing up we might be you know feeling pain or or tightness we don't even know, we don't pay attention to what the reason is for that,
1: right? Did I, did I understand that correctly? Exactly, yes, yeah, exactly. And I think that like, I mean, maybe now that we're talking about this, like we'll develop, like, you know, who, if you're hearing this, you might start like noticing, like, oh yeah, like I'm really hot because I'm feeling anxious, let me take my sweater off or let me get a drink of water, you know? But sometimes like we don't even know to do that because we just take our state, for granted. No, I, I'm just frazzled and there's a lot going on and understandably so. I mean, there's so much going on right now, but we just kind of live with it. We don't have to, right? So we can say, Ooh, okay. There's something going on for me right now. Let me press pause mm-hmm. and do that thing. Yeah, no, I love that. Just having that,
0: that 10 second check-in three times a day. I think that's such valuable advice because whether you're feeling anxious or not, it can just help us connect with like where we are. A hundred percent. Yeah, such, such valuable stuff in here. So talk to me about um like helping our kids through through their own anxiety. So sometimes we might be seeing that our kids are anxious, right? Or they might be expressing to us that they're anxious. How can we identify um anxiety in them? And how can we also identify whether it's, you know, um whether we need to put a diagnosis on it or, you know, if it's just kind of like par for the course because, Mm -hmm. you know, circumstance right now, and then taking that one step further, what can we do? Like, what are the conversations that we can be having to them about it? What are the steps that we could take to help them really work through it? Cause it's challenging and it's hard for an adult, even more so, you know, for a kid
1: for sure. Yes. There's like a lot of really important questions there. I think as a caveat, also anxiety tends to be genetic. So oftentimes like what I see in my clinical practice is uh, kids who have anxiety oftentimes have one or both anxious parents. And so that can be hard as a parent, you know, with our own anxiety, parenting a child who has their anxiety. And so just like just knowing that, like that that can be that can be a tricky situation, and just watching for that. And and again, it's like that piece of like, is it getting to be too much? Is it time for support and reaching out to get your child their own support, or for you to be able to separate between your anxiety and their anxiety because the two can often like really mingle when you know an anxious person has an anxious child. They can get like really uh, reactive and worried. Um, Yeah. So that was just like a little something that popped in my mind. But in terms of like what anxiety looks like in kids or what you can look out for in your child that might indicate that they're struggling in this way, you know, might be like if you see them. Like ruminating so that's that's a word for just like the circular thinking you hear the same sorts of worries and questions come up like over and over again and you feel like you've answered it a lot of times but like they they feel they seem like they're stuck on something you know so in terms of what they're talking about or. I know for me when I put my kids to sleep at night that's often like when I get the most out of them you know in terms of like what's going on in their minds and how they're feeling about things so if. I hear a theme, you know, like the same kinds of things or worries come up, like that's a clue. Okay. Like this is like really taking up space in their brain. Like this is something they're they're thinking a lot about. So that's one thing, just paying attention to like what they're talking about, what they're thinking about, other things to look out for are behavioral changes. So if you see your child like withdrawing or not wanting to do as much, or I know that this is very present right now. I'm seeing this in my clinical practice, like where kids with anxiety are really um, really nervous about going outside and, and catching coronavirus, and you know, so like they're really like kind of boxing themselves in and limiting what they'll do, even if it's it's safe. Like even if it's something you know, like going out with a mask on for a walk with your family and nobody else is around, like you know, so, so that and they're not doing it. That's a sign. Like my my child's struggling right now. This is crossing that line. And yeah. that's something that you would talk them through, and you would explain to
0: them that this is you know this is safe, and these are some like these are kind of the parameters and this is what's safe and this isn't. And so even though you, my parent who I trust and lean on is telling me that, you know, I still, I'm going
1: to not take a walk with a mask on outside. Exactly, right. Because like that's the nature of anxiety, you know? it's, it's uh, like that false alarm piece, right? It's not rational. So, and uh, like kids will say this, like, I know, I know I'll be okay. I still can't do it. Right. Like I still like, there's something holding me back. I just, this ain't, this feeling of anxiety is too much for me, you know? So, um, so that, those are a couple of things to look out for in your children. And in terms of like what to do with it when you see it, And it's interesting because I think like as as parents, we kind we all know this. We all know that like attunement, we want to pay attention to our children's emotions first, right? We want to validate how they're feeling and provide empathy with them. And so even with knowing that oftentimes parents skip over that step to do like kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, you're okay. It's safe. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. You're not going to get sick. You're young. Like a lot of us jump over that step of really letting our kids know that we get them. And then they don't hear like the coaching piece, you know, cause like they're still so wrapped up in their feeling that they're not open to coaching or perspective. They don't want to hear it. And so then like sometimes what happens is like, they'll turn the volume up on that even louder. Right. So then they'll like dig their heels in. No, I'm not going out with you or they might stop talking to you or they might, you know, so then, you know, like that can lead down a tricky path. So in terms of, if you notice your kids have struggling in some way, With anxiety like that's what we're talking about but this is for everything attunement first right so let them know that you're noticing them and that you see their feeling like reflecting that back to them so can you demonstrate what that could look like yeah sure so if your child's saying well i i can't i can't go to school because of there's an in-person option because i'm worried about getting coronavirus or I, i can't do that to say something like i see that you're feeling really worried right is there more that you want to tell me about that you know, so, and then, like you kind of just reflect back them. And like hopefully, if you get your kid at a time where they're willing to talk to you a little bit more, hopefully they'll come with more. yeah, i'm I'm so worried about you know da 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 da. da. and then you kind of just it's like active listening, reflect that back. Don't change the words. Oh, so you're really worried because you know so and so got coronavirus and that's making you feel really worried. Did I get you? Is there more you want to tell me? You know, so like you kind of have this, like you really get into it with them, and all you're doing is listening to them and letting them know that that they're being heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just like a little piece of communication. And I
0: think this can probably be really tricky, but how does one identify like when their anxiety is has gone overboard and needs more attention and where they need more help?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's such an important question right now. I feel like in its most simple, simplest answer, it would be when it's it's crossed over that line and it's interfering with one's functioning in some way. So social functioning, emotional, you know, like just like feeling like so revved up all the time, occupational functioning for an adult, you know, like feeling like it's interfering with their work. They can't focus. Um, if it's interfering with any kind of functioning, not being able to sleep, you know, this can come up for kids and for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a clue that it's, it's getting higher and getting some support would be helpful. Mm-hmm the good news is like there's amazing support out there, you know, like therapy and learning tools on how to create this awareness that we were talking about and tools to manage the anxiety and the fears can be really, really helpful. So. That's great. Thank you so much. It's it's a very important, I think, distinction
0: to make and to just, you know, for everybody to know again, that there's no shame in getting the help. And if you have a question, you know, have a consultation, and get some support and advice. What else is coming up for you that you want to share or feel called to share around anxiety, either for in adults, as moms and kids? Um, What's coming up for
1: you? I mean, I think the piece that we started off with and emphasizing that is important, that like, it's okay to have some anxiety, like not to, you know, like that's, it's a part of life. And especially when times are stressful, like the anxiety is gonna go up a little bit. And then what you just said right now, like if there's a question or if you feel like you've been struggling, it's such a healthy thing to go and get some extra help and extra support. You know, I think that like we've done a lot of work around destigmatizing therapy and people feeling more comfortable with it, which is great. And I think there's still more work to do. Like some people might be carrying biases around without realizing it, you know, like, but it's there and it can be really helpful. And I think one last piece actually, which is coming up to me uh, as we're talking about this is like this self-compassion piece. Um mm which is something that I I love I love the research on self-compassion and it's something that like I infuse into my work that I do clinically we always we always want to meet ourselves with self-compassion right like judging ourselves kindly talking to ourselves kindly being okay and embracing our feelings and we really really want to do that in times of stress like when everything is thrown off and it's okay to have hard days and it's okay to not be meeting deadlines and it's okay to be feeling anxious and you know like meeting ourselves with whatever whatever is presenting for us in that moment and like in a really kind way like a little tidbit it's from it's um it's from kristen neff's uh, self-compassion work but I, I just love it because it's such a nice way of framing it it's a concrete thing to do so when you're struggling asking like in your own mind thinking like well what would i tell a really good friend of mine who's struggling with this thing like with anxiety or with like how would i coach them like what would i tell them and then you tell that to yourself you know and i think that's just like such a beautiful model of that
0: beautiful that is really beautiful and anybody who's been around in my community for a while knows that i'm huge on self-compassion it's such an important piece of of just getting through life (laughs) honestly (laughs) i see it you know so often just giving giving yourself that grace giving yourself permission to mess up and being okay you know learning to be okay with it and saying nice things to yourself and, you know, however, whether it's through affirmations or journaling or whatever, but just, you know, and I think it speaks to the self-awareness piece that we opened up with, recognizing where you're at Mm -hmm. and how you're feeling, you know, kind of going from there and using that as a foundation to build off of and make yourself stronger.
1: It's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today. Now, everybody, I want you to know Leah has an amazing Instagram feed. She posts really um, just practical, helpful tips and quotes and strategies for, um, you know, like life that can just, you know, help us get through life one day at a time. I find them very, very inspirational and helpful. Um, so Leia, can you tell us more about that and how and where people can find you?
1: Sure. Yeah, thank you. And thanks so much for saying that, you know, because like Instagram's a big world and so you're not really sure like who's actually seeing what you're putting out there. And so that means a lot. And I and I love it. I love having that platform to share. A lot of what I talk about is mindfulness space and I talk about anxiety management, and, like kind of just things that stem out of that. Um, and my Instagram handle is at Dr. Leia Katz. And so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And then I have a website, drleahkatz.com. And so those are kind of my two virtual places right now. So thank you to everybody who is tuning in. I
0: hope you got value out of this, as I know I did, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mom Life podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please remember to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about me and my work helping moms feel filled up and in balance, or helping moms integrate family adventures, big and small, into mom life, or to explore how we can work together, visit my website, loveadventuremom.com, or find me on Facebook and Instagram at the handle loveadventuremom. Till next time, l'chaim to life.